Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno and Nick. What it do? You're listening to the QTB podcast. I'm your host, Bruno, and with me, as always, is my childhood friend and co host, Nick. Breaker Breaker 19, it's Rusty Bridges. This here's Rusty Bridges. We got ourselves a convoy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here we are. It's episode 67, and we are getting into it, and we have some interesting things to 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 tell to the QTB oh my goodness. nation, right? So much. Let's let's start them off with it, okay? Yeah, it's been a heck of a week, dude. <laughs> we, yes. We've been working. Um, and of course, we did recently announce already our upcoming uh, podcast, Gotta Watch, which will be a uh, TV mm. film uh, podcast, of course, hosted by by uh, yours truly there, Bruno. And uh, myself, Brad, and others will be will be guests appearing on that. That will be airing uh, a day from this episode airing, which will be on September 2nd. We'll get new episodes of that Ooh. every Thursday. But, Bruno, of yeah. course, the new announcement is that that yeah, is actually is a part of the newly announced QTB Network. We have launched a podcast media network. You got to play something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to loves it. They are, they are super into this, Nick. This is a big deal, okay? Yeah. And I'm going to give you a... Jeez. <laughs> 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 we're going to give you We're going to give you two there because I got to tell you, we have been... Nick is right. We've been working uh, around the clock, literally yeah. around the clock, um, uh, just trying to put this together. And we are excited to announce our network, the QTB network. You can go to quitthebuild.com and we'll have a network page there where we have tons of different uh, podcasts for you to listen to. We've got more content coming to the website that's going to in- involve uh, film and TV through the Gotta Watch podcast. We might even do some reviews from the one hour one decision guys yeah. who were who are throwing up some Xbox Game Pass uh, content, right. and then we've even got a new uh, wrestling podcast on the way. Double DQ. Yeah, buddy. Uh, more information is going to be coming about um, out about that soon. But Nick is right. You can essentially go to the network page right now and get an exclusive listen at um, these these new episodes we've got on Gotta Watch and, of course, our partners on the QTB network page. We're so excited to have them on there and to, to bring this type of content to you. So, yes, we will be scaling back to one episode a week for Quit the Build, but you've got us on the Gotta Watch um podcast so yeah i mean you're yeah. you're getting just as much content a little bit different and uh we've been listening to our our patreon subscribers and whatnot and we've been listening to you you guys have been giving us lots of good ratings on uh good pods oh, tell goodness. them about that Nick. Bruno, we've been having just a crackerjack week there on on good pods because we have been featured by the Good Pod staff as one of their uh, podcast picks. So thank you so much to Good Pods for that. If you've not heard of them, so they are a, a podcasting app that basically you go on there okay. and yeah. you can you can declare to yourself to just be a listener or an actual podcast owner or host or even both. Yeah. Um, and then you can mingle with, rather than the actual podcast, you can actually, it's like a social network that you can meet the hosts and see what, what they're attached oh. to. Rate and review other podcasts. There's rankings for like who's listened to the most podcasts and who's reviewed the most podcasts, of oh, which nice. I am climbing, Bruno, I will say. 
Ooh, but uh, there we go. yeah, it's, it's such a great app, and and the idea behind it is genius because you look, and I, I think anyone that that has tried to run a podcast or is currently knows the frustration of the mystery algorithms of things like iTunes, where like you're trying to get yourself on those charts and it's just so hard um, because you don't really know exactly yeah, what definitely. goes into it. And with with good pods, it's very transparent, and we're actually the number two podcast right now. And we've been there for a while. Um, for their top 100. What? Bruno, we passed NPR and the New York Times. Oh, my what gosh. What happened? That is that. Uh, yeah. The kids love that one. The kids love. Great. Take that, NPR. Ha! Not only did we did we usurp their, their top spot, but <laughs> we essentially, like, we usurp pretty much everything from them. So, yeah. ha-ha! <laughs> we beat you. I was waiting for I say he's got something for those last three hits. There it is. That's great. But yeah, all of our listeners, if you haven't already, it would be a, a very much a help to us if you download the Good Pods app. It's on uh, Android or iTunes. Uh, iTunes or, or Apple. Listen to me. Um, as if iTunes is the same. It's just, it's just iTunes for the Apple side. You know what it is. You know what it is. <laughs> download the app. And then, of course, you can uh, follow us, subscribe to us, rate individual episodes. All of it does a lot to help us with the rankings on there. So uh, very much a great way to help support uh, a podcast like us and, of course, the whole network. So, Bruno, we've got to get right into it. A lot of news to talk yeah. about. Um, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about how China has issued uh, one of the harshest video game bans uh, just Ooh. across the whole country, and we'll get into the details of what it means. If you're under the age of 18, I, I can tell you right now, you're not going to be playing a whole lot of video games, at least legally. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a rough one. It's a rough, I, I feel for these kids. We'll get into it. And oh, later, Bruno, yeah. uh, some interesting news about several uh, modders in the Cyberpunk 2077 community um, that have been hired by CD Projekt Red for quote-unquote various Ooh. projects. Spoiler alert, they're going to fix the game. <laughs> <laughs> Because they already did with the mods. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But, Bruno, the big story for today, and that is we've got to get into this, the back half of the recap of Gamescom 2021. Yeah. In the last episode, we talked about day one was all that had aired when we had uh, recorded our episode. And, of course, there's a lot more um, that has yeah. unfolded since then. So I think we'll kind of just go down this list, complimentsoftomsguide.com. Thanks, Tom. And yeah, uh, thank talk about what uh, what we missed from uh, day two and beyond. Now, Bruno, we did get that quote-unquote leak that finally gave us a release date for Halo Infinite, right? Yes, we did, and I was essentially right. I had said uh, last week of November or beginning of December, I think I had said— you did. Uh, December fifteenth, actually, but you, you, you know, I mean, you know, that was that wasn't too bad, and and this is the interesting thing, right? Like. Uh, it's competing with Dying Light. So that is bad news for Dying Light. Good news for Halo because we needed a release date. But I got to I got to say most fans are already disappointed with uh, Halo Infinite right now. And they are not doing um, not doing their self a service by continuing with the kind of information that they've been releasing about the mm. the game because the biggest the biggest gripe now, even though we have yes, we've got an, an awesome um, uh, you know look at the game right and we we have a release date and so the end is in sight as it were. but you know now we've got no co-op campaign. there's gonna yeah. be no forge at launch mm -hmm. and they recently said that there's gonna be no end match XP. Right, like challenges there's no, only. you know, yeah, challenges, which I think is a huge mistake. That is going to 
be detrimental to a game like Halo. And Nick, they've been saying we're we're listening to feedback, right? We're we we want to create a game that is uh that that listens to the player base. Well, this is your shot. Because most people, most fans are not happy with this idea because you're going to have people that are more interested in getting challenges done than, you know, actually working together as a team. Um, And to make it so that you can't get any XP at the end of the game, like unless you win, you know, that's essentially what they said was like, oh, you'll get XP if you win. And it's like, okay, so if I don't win, I don't get XP. And if I haven't completed or have completed all the challenges and don't end up winning, then I essentially get nothing for my effort. Nick, I have gone on a 13-game losing streak oh. on Halo 5 one time. Okay, 13, 13. games. Oh, he, wow, okay? he knows the now, number. Could you imagine going 13 games in, in, in something like Halo and having no XP to show for it? That's pretty savage. I mean, and yeah, yeah like, and you're right. Like, it, it, it can change the meta where people are going to be more concerned with getting those challenges done. And if those challenges yeah. try to try to think too much outside the box, right? If if little Timmy is constantly trying to come at you around the corner and to kill you with, with like an uncharged plasma pistol, it's probably because he has a challenge <laughs> that like he has to do that. He doesn't want to, but yeah. he's going to try to get it done. So as long as they're careful with those challenges and make them relatively easy to complete. Um, hopefully it won't be a problem, but yeah, I, I, it just seems like yeah. we're, we're getting gated at every possible mm-hmm. turn. Right. And that's one of the ways yeah. to do it is to make sure that there's a very specific amount of XP that you can only earn, uh, per these and challenges. That seems, that seems very, um, uncreative. Yeah. You know, it lacks creativity in that respect, right? Because if you're saying, well, we're we're going to, like you said, you're, you're putting a gate up. It's essentially saying we don't have faith in the amount of challenges that we have for people that are going to complete them. And we're afraid that you might run out of things to do. And it's like, that's not your job. Your job is not to worry about us running out of things to do. If we run out of things to do, you need to make more challenges yeah. like that's what Fortnite's always done and they've been tinkering with it you know season after season right you know where you the game you're playing now is not the game that you played several seasons ago the 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 XP is different. Yeah. The challenges are different and the way you go about earning them are, are completely different. So I, I think that as long as is Halo really truly is open to feedback and they're open to listening to the fan base even before they implement something i don't want that well let's just wait and see yeah. you know what i mean like no 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 you've already pitched the idea and it sucks <laughs> so don't don't try and implement it yeah. and like make it good just go back to the way it was like right. I, I you know i don't understand why why they're fighting us on this, Nick. And it seems like that's what they're doing, right? They're fight. You're right. They're fighting us at every step of the way as to what we want for this game versus what they have envisioned for it. Mm. And I got news for you. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they envisioned. If it's not what players want, they're not going to play. It. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's very much a play it or don't play it. And especially at launch, it's so important, but Time will tell, Bruno. We're right around that corner yep. with that. Uh, finally, with that release date. So hopefully they they stick to it or or don't. I don't know at this point. You know, it's just a wild yeah, really. ride with 2021 and game releases. So, all right, totally. Bruno. Well, we got a whole lot more to cover here on Gamescom. So one big thing that we didn't get from uh, 
uh, Gamescom from our first day coverage. And this is really exciting. The kind of reboot, right, of Saints Row. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, now, if you're if you're anybody that's followed Saints Row, you know the game series started out at pretty straightforward in terms of like its realism. It was kind of just its own own version of Grand Theft Auto that was willing yeah. to get a little crazier. Though I don't know, Grand Theft Auto Online these days is pretty much the same level of wacky um, with, oh, with yeah. the cars and all that, um, and just the crazy things you can do, right? But also, as yeah. as Saints Row progressed over the years. They started to just have to care less and less about going for realism and kind of lean into those crazy aspects. <laughs> true, and you know, you have it a lot of games where where you do have those fourth wall breaking or just meta silliness, right? Like with with Far Cry mm-hmm. Six, right, with the Macarena gun and that kind of thing. But for the most part, the oh, game yeah. is pretty toned down and and is about the gunplay and realistic weapons. So it gets kind of crazy though because toward the end of Saints Row, prior to this reboot. I mean, the franchise was insane, Bruno. I mean, you, you were playing as a super-powered president um, of the United States. I saw that, yeah. Like it, I've seen this. It's this is, this is the type of thing that you expect from gaming, right? Yeah. Like, we've talked about that before. The games that aren't grounded in, in realism or, or aren't bound by realism, um, where we can have a, a gun that, you know, uses sound to, to blare you know, sub bass beats out yeah, at yeah, yeah. you, right? There was like a dubstep gun in one of the games. I'll just never forget when I first played. I forget which Saints Row it was. It was the one where during the the opening sequence, you're skydiving while like What Is Love is playing and like having to land oh, on the... Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of the coolest opening sequences I've ever experienced in a game. But that Definitely. level of surrealism, it the, the best way I can describe Saints Row before this reboot was they would jump the shark and then have a shark jump that shark. Like there was no... <laughs> There was no limit to what they would pull Is off. That a tiny shark, yeah, jumping even tiny, over tiny that, shark, that bigger shark. Yeah, look at that. Wow. Sharks jumping look sharks that. out here. I don't uh, sharkception, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. So they are with with this new with this new reboot. Um, it looks like they're kind of trying to go right down the middle of the road, right? Where it's yeah. it's got those wacky moments and those ridiculous outfits. That kind of the guy wears that that crazy robot helmet with the kitty cat ears. But at the yeah, same like time. That. It does seem to be more grounded in about, you know, gangs and that kind of thing rather than the absurdity of, you know, having to take out an alien invasion, which, I mean, is, is fun in its own right. I think yeah. I think people have very mixed opinions. The problem with a, with a series like Saints Row was that it's hard for you to be a fan and enjoy every game from start to finish because you got such a wide panning range of, of mm. topics and absurdity, right? Yeah, so. they, feel, they feel very different, almost like... Uh, the three flavors Cornetto trilogy, oh my right? Tell them about that like one. Like yeah. for so for our Gotta Watch podcast, we we pretty much di- our first three episodes were diving into the three flavors Cornetto trilogy by Edgar Wright. That's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, yeah. and they've they got the same. Uh, director and the same cast, you know, main character Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, but each movie feels distinctly different. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same thing with Saints Row, right? Yeah. You've got each of these games feels very different than the last one. It builds upon it, but, you know, Saints Row 1 is going to feel different than Saints Row 3. And I'm looking forward to diving more into this. I, I-, I think a reboot is what they needed because they kind of, you're right, they kind of went off on this. this Where weird- do you go from the last yeah, game where, yeah exactly while and still being like, okay. a shooter <laughs> like <laughs> exactly you can't you've run you can't. out of we've runway. already had an you're off the runway. okay <laughs> this is a flat earth and you just went off of antarctica like you're gone 
Um, <laughs> but oh, yeah, man, so. surfing competition on the edge of the world ends up in disaster. <laughs> <laughs> news at 11. Oh, man. Well, Bruno, I think some really exciting news. One of the most unique trailers that we got reveals um, at Gamescom that a lot of people are talking about is Marvel's Midnight Suns. So Ooh. have you played the XCOM series at all? No. Okay. I have not. I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it. Well, that's not true because I downloaded it and I tried to play a little bit of mm. it, but I was like, eh, I think it was at the time when it kind of had a really you know, core following yeah. and it, it, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was like, I'm not, mm -hmm. this isn't, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like devoting my time to learning about this, but right. throw in some Marvel characters, Nick. And that's all it takes these days, man. Just <laughs> slap a takes, Marvel right? IP on it. Yeah. No matter what it is. And people will try Already. it. Right. Like I'm the sucker that's so, bought DLC for Marvel's Avengers. I don't look at me. Go. Exactly. But yeah. Well, so so explain to me what is XCOM then and how is this like XCOM? Yeah, so XCOM is like a it's like a turn-based like strategy game where like you have players okay. out on like a map and you can move around and like make, you know, tactical decisions. Cover is a big part of it, right? Yeah. Um and so I mean that that pretty much sums it up. And yeah, I've not played the games myself, but I have watched streamers play them. I've had friends that were big into the XCOM series. So I think this is a really really smart idea. So this game is called Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, and okay. yeah, it, it's just XCOM, but with Marvel characters where you'll be this custom protagonist called the hunter that you can kind of, you know, make to build how you want to build. But over the course of the game, you'll actually recruit, uh, famous Marvel characters. They're going to have Wolverine, uh, blade, which is awesome. Magic, mm. uh, ghost rider. Love that guy. Yeah. I saw Nick him Cage is there, making yeah. it. There he is. Um, yeah, not, Iron yeah. Man's already in there. I mean, yeah, we've got a, a slew of Marvel characters that are just coming to the the four. First of all, it's great to see Wolverine. It is. I feel like you know he's definitely one of uh, the Marvel IPs that everyone really loves, but you know we don't get to see too often. And he mm -hmm. looked ba. He had like armor on and stuff. It looks so, nice, man. Yeah, like embroidered, like is, leather. Yeah. yeah, this is this is this is definitely um a very interesting look at at some characters that, you know, Marvel, I mean even I'm not a big fan of it, but Captain Marvel's even in there on the mm. we saw Doctor Strange. So, yeah. you know, I like the fact that they're not just pulling the 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 typical Avengers, right? We've got uh some different characters in the mix because Marvel does have a a, a huge library to you know from which to pull and and this is a this is showcasing that perfectly. Yeah. So there's even the demon dog at the end. Um, isn't that from, um, isn't that uh blades dog or something like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Somebody, yeah. somebody out there, somebody Marvel person is going to be like, yep, that's this. And I'm right. going to be like, oh, well, I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm sure we'll get an announced trailer for it within the next <laughs> several months or so. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah know we're to get that right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, uh, that reboot for blade. But yeah, yeah, Bruno, you know, this is a lot of a lot of fun. And you're you're right, it, it kind of combines a lot of the darker characters in the Marvel kind of back catalog mm. of what you would mm, almost call like, right. the, like street level were, heroes yeah. as they as they call them. Um but yeah. also bringing in, of course, you I mean if you're gonna have a Marvel game, you'd be crazy not to have people like Captain America and Iron Man in there because they sell games. Yeah. It's just that simple. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah so totally. we will be getting um uh, a live gameplay footage. Uh, a trailer rather um, on September 1st, which is going to be the day this okay. podcast airs. So later in the day, after hey, this, this, you, you may have already seen it. I don't know. We've probably already nice. seen it while you're listening to this. So hopefully it, uh, yeah. it was it look, looking pretty cool. 
But uh, yeah, Bruno, aside from that, we had some things here and there, a little more information about Elden Ring, which a lot of people are really, really amped about. Of course, George R.R. R. Martin uh, writing uh, the story behind that game. A lot of uh, just blockbuster people uh, in the mix for that title um, that uh, in, the, in the kind of the uh, vein of the Souls series. Uh, also, Bruno, of course, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. We now know that we will be having this game release on February 18th, 2022. I know there was initially a delay um, and of course, uh, a lot of people really looking forward to that. They did just release a big yeah, patch for the first game that I think unlocked uh, 60 frames per second, which people are having a blast oh, nice. going back and playing that game again. So um, not not too long to wait. Yeah, I mean, those are just fan services, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think uh, PlayStation needs to realize that they have a lot of IPs and a lot of exclusives that fans are willing to revisit, especially if you give them an upgrade or, uh, you know, they can unlock something different within the game. Uh, This is no different, especially considering we've been waiting for a long time for, you know, these exclusives that were teased for the PS five to finally come out. Right. So this is a big deal for PlayStation um, owners, and especially for people that went out and bought the PlayStation five. So uh, I would say if you're a PlayStation five owner, or if you're still in the market to get a PlayStation five, this is, uh, I mean, you've got until February, yeah. right? Like, there's there's nothing really coming out too much that's going to, you know, that you really need the console for at this point. There's a lack of exclusives. So I've heard a lot of people are actually disappointed with, uh, you know, PlayStation 5 as a console right now. That's not to say that once these exclusives start hitting the shelves that everyone is going to be super happy. And so, you know, if you're still trying to get a hold of one, just know that February, there will probably be a Horizon uh, special edition PlayStation Mm. announced at something. At some point, I can almost see that coming out if not at least maybe a controller so there they should be ramping up on production for ps5 but uh yeah i mean it's either that or uh you're going to be playing call of duty vanguard because mm. we did see that there's a stalingrad uh demo which yeah. um that's pretty interesting right like i mean it's another call of duty game so if that's what you're into uh the game's going to be out on november 5th so you have that to look forward to. Yeah, I just, you know, it's one of those trailers where, like most Call of Duties, I just really struggle to find anything that I'm watching that makes me feel like I haven't seen it a million yeah. times before. Yeah, it's so totally. hard for them to to find a unique angle when when your, mm. your, your gameplay kind of uh, range is so tight that it is what it is. The game's going to sell like hotcakes yeah. and then people are going to love it or, you know, or at least buy it and then and then complain about it. But yeah, <laughs> well, Bruno, uh, in yeah. the kind of the indie space, I have to say we got some good stuff too. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. We got a reveal that April O'Neil will be a playable character. And I'll tell you, yeah. Bruno, I love that uh, a lot of these nostalgic franchises that oftentimes have that female character that ends up just being like the damsel in distress to save they oftentimes yeah. are kind of flipping the script right and, and being like, no, let's get her out there kicking some butt with a microphone. Like, why not? You know, Definitely. there's no oh, reason why a, we can't do that. Idea. And also, for Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, of course, their answer to Super Smash Brothers. Not only was April O'Neil announced as a playable character, Bruno, but you know what 90s IP also got a character reveal? What? I'll give you Tell a hint. Me. Two animals smashed together. Um, cat dog. Cat dog, man. Oh, they brought cat dog in there. He got a reveal. See, this nice. is what I'm talking about. I like, was either going to say cat dog or a platypus because isn't that like a beaver mixed with a duck? Oh, okay. Kind of? Were you going to go you for uh, angry beavers? 
Well, no, I, I didn't yeah. think about IPs. I was just thinking of oh, actual I gotcha. animals. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> just actual. Any two animals will do. Yeah, any cat dog. Any two animals. Yeah, cat dog. I gotta well, say, man. How about that? I so love that's it. so that's confirmed, right? I mean, yeah, like, that, there's a reveal okay, trailer for it. Yeah. So. Oh yes, nice. Yeah, I mean, I love that they are mixing in their newer IPs, but also very frequently going into their '90s and even earlier catalog, right? With like Powdered Toast Man to have this incredible range of characters. If this game comes out even decent, Bruno, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to play for people that uh, wear those rose-colored glasses like you and me because that's oh, yeah, that's sure. just that's just great to see uh, those classic characters in there. But uh, yeah, Bruno, well, that's about it That as far as I see for Gamescom. Of course, there are other Definitely. things, but we got some other stuff to move into, so let's keep this show a-rolling. Speaking of which, today's podcast is sponsored in part by Pierce Unlimited, for marketing media that works and bespoke design to power your business, visit PierceUnlimited.com. Bruno, I, I hate to what? tell you this. The entire country of China has basically been grounded. Oh, yep. <laughs> the, the big Daddy Getting government the, said, you know yep. what? Yeah, <laughs> son, you go to your room because you can't play video games, at least no not more much. video games. This yep, is a really that, tough one. So this is, Nick, and I got to say, you know, we, we – uh, this is just a very, very interesting thing. My wife, you know, shared this with me this morning. Actually, she was talking about this and, uh, you know, we sit here and talk, you know, we've been arguing, uh, for months now throughout the, the pandemic on whether mandatory vaccines or mask wearing is a violation of your rights. Uh, I would say no, especially compared to this, right? Right. This is a violation of your, of your rights because essentially what they're doing is they're saying, if you're, if you're, you're limited to how much time you can play video games in your own home, yeah, in your own home, what you do, the media that you consume is now, under scrutiny from the government, right. that's a watchdog, right? Like yeah. those are limitations on your freedom. Not even scrutiny, like this. actually yeah. like being clamped down on. So yeah, yeah. there was a, a a big announcement made from uh, from the government in China that has forbidden anybody from uh, the uh, under the age of eighteen, Bruno, from playing video games uh, for a total of more than three hours per week. Okay, that's wow. that's restriction number one. So for an entire seven days period, you can't play more than three hours of video games. Um, but also, Bruno. They're limiting when you can play uh, online. Okay, if you're under 18, Th- I'm not. This is not. This is the real story. I can't believe yeah. this. You can yeah. only That's play what online. I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. This is. This, it gets worse. <laughs> this is crazy. You can only play online. As in, a, a, normally the games they only allow you to play are offline. You have to play single player games. Yeah. You can only play online for one hour a day from 8 p.m. until 9 p.m. on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Just That's that not one hurt hour. Servers at all. At That's not all. <laughs> At all. And I'll tell you. So here's what's going to happen, right? Like, you're going to have this, like, witching hour. And it's going to be, like, international, where whatever that 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. hour is in your time zone, just don't play games. Like, if it's an online game that that anybody in China frequents, right, just don't bother. Because people are going to be flooding the servers for that hour. Well, think about how this might adversely affect something like the economy, right? Okay, if you've got a nation that has, you know, we we look at stats all the times of how many people are playing games. And right now, like, I think some 80% of people are, are, are consider themselves gamers. Right. You know, and that's in the U.S., whether it's, you know, male or female. Uh, and that's if you're playing on your phone or if you're playing on console or PC. So 
I would I would venture to say that you're going to see a dip in some things like, you know, just different types of commerce because you're also going to see a dip in, you know, like crime, right? Maybe you'd see a dip in crime because people are going to be scheduling their time to play video games who are adamantly, you know, gamers, right? And so I feel like this is this is going to have some unforeseen adverse effects on just other things yeah. because oh, it already has. if you're if yeah, yeah if you're requiring people to play at a specific time i mean that's that it's just it's it's, it's a recipe for disaster it really is it's really <laughs> bad so you know you're right there already has been big implications from this and there has been for a while Ch- china has always been at the throat of gaming and and tech yeah. companies in china especially ones that are based in china um like Tencent i know this sounds or, like some yeah, I was gonna say this sounds like some deal that Americans pulled off to help get them, you know, better esports stats. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might not be wrong. There's some there's some major work up there at the upper echelons of the Overwatch League, right? Philadelphia right. saying, "Hold on, how do we how do we rein this in?" Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the companies like uh, Alibaba and and Tencent have had in the, just the last short like a months really tens of billions of dollars just wiped out. Of course, these are mega corporations where that number isn't isn't all that terrible, but you know, every time that China clamps down, naturally the stock market, which is an international entity, is going to respond in kind and yeah. it has uh, resulted in them seeing a lot of their the values of their shares just wiped away. Now, the big thing is Bruno and and this is my my kind of take on it is you're right about the esports thing because the average age of an esports player is 25, and it it yeah. declines rapidly from there. Especially when you, a lot of the games, Bruno, that you know that that Chinese players tend to dominate are things like strategy games, like uh, like StarCraft. Okay, where you yeah. where it's oh, very yeah. much about speed of decision making and mm-hmm. all of these just crazy maneuvers. And you have to develop those skills at a very young age. I'll, you know, the some esports players are as, as young as 16 years old. Yeah. And now you're oh, taking getting away. started even even younger than that oh, over definitely. here. You know, definitely. I mean, you got kids who are seven, you know, six, seven, or eight years old starting starting their journey into professional gaming. So uh, this hits a lot of people. And then you got to realize too. Think about the think about parents, right? How many parents use screen time as at least over here? It may not be that prevalent in China, but at least over here, parents use screen time as a you know as a way to as as a reward as a um you know as it's just a way to to quell their it's a re- reward for everybody <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> it's exactly it's a yeah. reward for everybody so yeah. to to limit it and say that I mean it's just it's another it's another thing that makes you say that makes you look at the the current situations that you're in right and you know how we're we're we've got a country that's arguing about you know how this is wearing a mask in a store is a violation of someone's freedom when those are private places of business right mm-hmm. those are pri- pri- they can set their own rules but in in the, in the real world in in reality this is really happening somewhere where they're saying no. We're limiting the amount of time that you can get on and play video games if you're under a certain yeah. age. And it's like I said, I I think that you know we're already you like you said we're already seeing some some dips in certain um certain stock market holdings and whatnot. And I think that that is a a clear sign that. 
you, this is going to backfire in some way. Big time. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know that it's something that can honestly be sustained. You know, my wife said, how, how would they know? And I'm like, oh, they'll know. I mean, they know when you connect to, mm -hmm. they know how, you know, everyone's registered, right? You know, oh, they just all go like through the same they, domain. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly. very registered. So, like in, in yeah. China, um, you, you get a email address that is literally a string of numbers, like 10 numbers at like, I think it's qq.com. Um, yeah. and that is like your government issued, like email address, everything is, is heavily regulated. Wow. You really, you really can't escape it. So yeah, you know, it, it's tough. And Bruno, mm. you know, uh, individual game companies like Activision have seen the squeeze with their stock prices. Anytime oh, yeah. that China, uh, tends to censor or say, well, you can't release that game here because there's something about it that we don't approve of. They're very mm. big on... Let, let's say if your game depicts uh, undead in any form, whether it's zombies or skeletons, um, just kind of the the culture of China uh, finds oh, that yeah, to yeah, be yeah. a very, very uh, just uh, it's taboo. You don't yeah. you don't show yeah. that they kind of stuff. They revere the dead, and so yes. seeing somebody mm -hmm. uh, seeing somebody that's you yeah. know half dead or once was dead mm -hmm. is is almost disrespectful to them. And I you Correct. know that's those are understandable for cultural differences. And it's it's it seems to me like the obviously the Chinese government is afraid of of what it what video games are doing to their their the future of their yeah. country, mm -hmm. right? Like they said, quote, it's being described as spiritual opium. Yeah. That is a hefty term yeah. to use for something. But it also reminds me of, you know, the whole reason why people were so adamant against cannabis during um, the Vietnam War. It wasn't necessarily because it's, you know, this super harmful drug that, that you know turns people into mush no it it created people that were more peaceful and decided they didn't want to fight or do anything like that and so maybe that's what they're afraid of right maybe they're afraid that the uh you know the the motivation will be gone from from their youth if they continue yeah. this and and that's a very old adage right like mm -hmm. that's a very old um, view of video games because you and I um, diving into this, we know that there are so many benefits for for gaming in terms of post-traumatic stress or um, cognitive therapy. I mean, there's a million uses for it. So to see this kind of uh, archaic look into video games is definitely a step back, but that's what happens when you live in a place that can control absolutely everything yeah. that you watch and do, right? Right. Yeah. Like, like I said, you know, it, it's and it, yeah, it is understandable to a certain extent to say, yeah, there's something depicted in the game that we don't approve of. I, yeah. I found it interesting. I remember when uh, the was it the World of Warcraft expansion came out, um, the Mists of Pandaran. I think I'm pronouncing that right. They introduced a new playable oh. race, Bruno, of all pandas. It was the pandas? They yeah, were the pandas, yeah. and China's like, oh yeah. hell no, hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You can't have monk pandas out there getting beaten people up and being beat up like you're no, done. You can't do it. <laughs> nope. And then Wrath of the Lich all, King came out. It's unrealistic because if you ever seen a panda, they barely stand up or you what know. What about Jack Black, Kung Fu Panda? He got he gets the job done. He, he he does get the job done. He's he's their he's their king. He's That's their right. leader. Oh man! But yeah, it's just it, it's absolutely wild. And here's what I'll say, Bruno: is that you can put these kind of restrictions in place, but people gonna gamers are gonna game. You yep. know, I, there was a famous photo that made the rounds recently. Of it was I think it was some like African village. 
um, mm. that they had barely had access to any, uh, you know, electricity or, or really, you know, housing. But it showed it was a flood. There was a flood in the village, Bruno. Okay, muddy water in in this hut, and there's all these kids playing these kind of CRTVs, playing like uh, like uh, FIFA soccer um, wow. on like a you know an, a, like Xbox 360s, you know, with the yeah. controllers above the water and the, the TVs like maybe a foot from from electrocuting people because it, it hits the water. Like you, you, you there's always yeah. going to be that desire because it's such a Definitely. universal hobby. And, uh, you know, China's known for its production of kind of like bootleg, like emulation, all like, you know, yeah. 201 consoles, right? That, you know, people are going to find ways at least to game offline in some capacity. Oh, for sure. Maybe that's going to yeah. be more retro gaming um, stuff that that's you, know, you can off thinking. the grid. Yeah. yeah, you read my mind. Exactly. I was thinking, I wonder if there's going to be an uptick in mobile gaming that's not tied to the internet, right? right. Like, you know, old PSPs or, yep. you know, even the Switch, if you can turn off the, the, um, the online features or whatever sure, and yeah. still play certain games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely think that we, they might see an uptick in retro games, just, just start to go all fly off the shelves. So yeah. that way they can play something without being watched. Yeah. Right. Like essentially be, yeah, without on, being, on the clock. Yeah, Cause yeah, they can't, you know, they can, they can monitor your online gaming, but you know, how are they going to monitor a game, you know, a game boy, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, never say never. I'll, I'll say that much. But uh, yeah, Bruno, just a very interesting story and definitely one mm. of the harshest crackdowns um, yeah. that's ever been issued really from a government I can think of in, in our lifetime uh, for something that's a, a hobby like this. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, Bruno, one more story to get into. And this article compliments of IGN.com talking about Cyberpunk 2077. So what? this, yeah, I know, and you know, when this what? game comes up in the news, it's never a good thing. So, as you know, <laughs> Cyberpunk's been on the mend pretty much since launch, um, and for like a five, like five years before launch, where they've just been trying to get this game fixed. Um, you know, they yeah. came back in the news recently again, where the uh, the upcoming patch has, uh, at least the most recent patch has, you know, fixed a number of things, but broken just as many things as it's fixed. Yeah, and I heard something about Puddlegate. I don't know. And that you have like floating cars. I have no idea about that one, but yeah. Yeah. So now here's what's going on. There has been confirmation that a number of uh, Cyberpunk 2077 modders have been hired by CD Projekt Red for quote unquote various projects. And this was confirmed on a modding community Discord server. Yeah. That there was a number of these that named uh, Blumster, Nightmaria, and R Fuzzo, just to name a Mm. few that they have been just straight up recruited by <laughs> CD Projekt Red. I just imagine that playing every time that his name, R. Fuzzo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, you know, this is such an interesting trend that we're seeing now. It's in parentheses next to his name. <laughs> squeak. 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 Insert squeak here. Oh, I tell you, spread that on a cracker. But yeah, you know. The thing about this is, and this is such an interesting trend that I think is is showing up in in these games. So these these modders are largely known, Bruno, for fixing the game, right? And this happens, yeah. especially with like Bethesda games, where the game is in like oh, a, yeah. a terrible state, but it's an open, they're very liberal with allowing mods to be circulated and used, and oftentimes facilitate the the, the transfers of, of, of said mods. And yeah. uh, the, a lot of those mods simply fix the game. <laughs> and well, so, I mean, it's exactly what you want. Like, yeah. right, you know, it, instead of uh, using something, using your powers for evil, as it were, to to make the game 
beneficial for you in some way that that hinders everyone else. If you can make the game better for everyone, that's that's the real fan service, right? Yep. Like even even Grand Theft Auto recently did that with the 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 modder who had fixed the file and yeah, and found out. Yeah, they, they ended up paying him. So mm-hmm. I think this is actually a really good move for uh, d- developers and and publishers to start looking at the modding community and saying, what can we learn from them? What can we gain from, you know, maybe hiring them or bringing them on as, you know, a project advisor for something like this? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we all want a fixed game, right? It doesn't matter who's fixing the game as long as it's fixed yeah (laughs) yeah like (laughs) i think this is going to be an ongoing trend in video games we talked about this in different capacities that we're now in the era and this is it's how it's going to be this is the norm and there's no there's not going to be any changing it where you can have all the crunch culture in the world which is not a good thing i'm not saying there should be but it there is Mm -hmm. uh, of people trying to get these games out on time in a playable state where the the kind of the the intersection on a on a on a spreadsheet right of a, a chart of the technical demands of a game over time right are higher than they ever have been before so much that and the expectations of the average gamer for what should come in a AAA game right while yeah, the yeah. price of a game has actually remained the same you know after all these years later right still paying Crazy. sixty bucks and, and change. Yeah for a AAA release, where of course these games are going to come out in not a perfect state, where I think there is a viable career path for anybody that wants to get into game development and AAA game development. God help you, because we talked to so many uh, people on yeah. on the in the bonus round that they want to get out after a few years. But hey, yeah, it's rough. I think one of the best ways to get in right now is to become a prevalent modder or someone that is notorious within a community for fixing the game through mods, through their own content, right? And become so yep. well known and beloved that basically, when the studio, when they, you know, dollars to donuts, they can't get the game yep. fixed on time and and under budget, they start looking to you of like you you did this by yourself. Of course, we're gonna exactly. hire you to come work yep. for us. It's the it's the it's a smart play, and I think it's a trend that we're gonna keep seeing as AAA games continue to stay in the same price range that they are right now. Definitely, I think that. You know, you're right. We haven't seen an increase in in um, in price for video games in quite some time, and we know that the video games of the '90s that $45 price tag was actually somewhere more akin to like a $90 to $120 price tag um, if it were sold again mm-hmm. today uh, due to inflation. So. Uh, we're either going to need to start paying more for games or realizing that something like a battle pass is going to be, um, you know, ongoing revenue is going to be important for these these developers in order to fix this stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, you're right. You're going to have to rely on the community to really patch your game for you. Uh, and with that comes, you know, no no reward other than a pat on the back so to speak, because, you know, it's, it's, that's, what's really interesting about, about some of these things right there. You can tell that the fans love the game and they just want it to function. Yeah. Right. It's they a, don't, it's a passion project because most yeah, of them, exactly. most of them will do that 
and never see a dollar for their efforts. They can't, right? Exactly. They, they, they can't make money off of that because they're it, it's it's part of someone else's work. So, yeah. but at the same time, like they're getting such great experience that they are essentially Definitely. a developer. And it, like, these one, you know, one or two men crews can come in and just fi- literally fix the game that this entire team, oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, with the hierarchies and the people over at, at the top that you know want it done their way and not necessarily yep. the right way. Where it's just it's really cool seeing these guys that just get laser focused and be like, you know what, we love this game. You're right, Bruno. The passion of these fans mm-hmm. that they just want to serve the community. Um, yeah. they, they deserve these jobs and they deserve to be Definitely. to be more than compensated for their efforts. So it's a great trend um, that is kind of a remedy of an unfortunate problem, I think, right now in the in the AAA games industry. But um, just kind of a little bit of a feel of a feel good story, I think, because I think yeah. Cyberpunk needs it. Oh, I know Cyberpunk definitely, needs it. You can, I, I played that game. Um, that we're <laughs> I'm still, waiting to play it. I yeah. want to play it. But you know what I mean? I, like I said, yeah. I, I'm waiting for that optimal experience. I don't want to... I don't want to sour my opinion of the game knowing that it's it's not in the state that it should be. Right. And, and that's happened to me before with games like No Man's Sky where... You know, the game that it was at launch is not the game that it is now. And and that's the same for a lot of games. You know, we I've talked about Fortnite before and in that respect too. So you you know, you've gotta give you've gotta give games a second try sometimes, but uh you've also gotta be able to deliver updates and deliver uh quality of life improvements for these games otherwise there's no reason to return and play it you know th- it doesn't matter if it's you know if it's something as simple like PlayStation did where they up the frame rate of uh of you yeah. know a previous game for for PlayStation 5 people will play it people yeah. will jump on and play it and they will they will check it out so it's great to see that this type of support is becoming more prevalent in um in the modding community it's great to see that you know we can get mods that are quality of life improvements instead of you know i mean yeah it's fun to walk around as uh the incredible hulk and yeah. um drive around Grand the piano Theft Auto. And play, uh, vanessa carlton but yeah exactly <laughs> I, I, who doesn't want to do that but at the end of the day if it's if the game's still broken it doesn't matter yeah. if i can make my way downtown so <laughs> Because you're not homebound. I nope. tell you. Well, Bruno, as always, we want to say thank you so much to our Patreon supporters like Nick Nick, Epic Capture Productions, The Dudist Monk, and Indie Gamiacs. If you would like a shout out each and every episode, plus a bonus content from our QTB Nostalgia Vault, but Bruno, wait, there's more. <gasps> that Damn. same QTB crew subscription, which starts as low as just $2 per month, is going to give you access one week early to our Gotta Watch episodes. You're going to get them a week before everybody else. I'm telling you, as far as value goes, what you, what else are you going to get for two bucks? <laughs> nothing, kids. Uh, no, don't nothing, cheer. Nothing. 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 <laughs> you get nothing, kids, but they don't care yeah. because kids are, kids are literally amazed at the most weird things. <laughs> you know that because you've got a little one, obviously. Yeah. It's like, here's a straw. Congratulations. Yep. You've, You've won, and He's they're happy. excited for yeah. it. Well, we're excited for you to check out our website, quitthebuild.com. What's the website, Nick? Quitthebuild.com. You said it. It's quitthebuild.com. <laughs> That's it. right. You can go. You did it. You can go over there. We've got all of our podcast episodes under the podcast tab. How about that? And then guess what's under the blog tag tab, Nick? Is it a blog? You've got what? it. Oh my gosh. Give this man. Thank you so much. Give him. Where's my game show thing? Where you got? 
Yes, he's a <laughs> winner. Did he did it. Yes, because that's what we've got in the blog section. I just put up an awesome um, article on the art of rally, which yeah. is an indie game out there. Really great game. So yeah, be sure to check that out. And Nick, of course, you can go over to our network page where you can listen to our other podcast, the Gotta Watch podcast. You get more Nick and Bruno and even Brad. What it do? <laughs> We're bringing you all the of uh, not gaming news. We do that on this podcast. All of us. We're bring- we're giving you all of us with our thoughts and love of film and TV. Oh, you got to check it out. Yeah. Plus, we've got an, a slew of other partners on there just um, r- raking in the content. But we need you guys to follow us throughout the community. Head on over to the community page. It's quitthebuild.com slash community where you can find all of our socials. We're on TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And guess what? Yes, yes, Terry is still on the Discord. What it do? We, How about we do that? have the Terry Fan Club channel, by the way. I, we did start oh, that the recently. Terry There's a, an entire channel dedicated to all things Terry. Yes, I see a Terry fan club. Love that. <laughs> that is exactly what we need. Yeah. Okay. The the what the world needs now is not Burt Bacharach. It's Terry. A little more Terry. <laughs> <laughs> a little more too. A little more Terry. Oh, brutal. Oh man, Take what a out. great episode for Nick. I'm Bruno. And for Bruno, I'm Nick. Peace out. What a deal.